Asia Dragon Trust, which has recently changed its name from Edinburgh Dragon Trust, had a good historic performance record, but during some of the past few years has not done so well. However, following changes to its investment approach, recent performance has been much better. And joining me today is the Trust's manager, Adrian Lim, to explain what brought about the improvement. Adrian, Asia Dragon Trust has outperformed MSCI All Country Asia X Japan Index so far this year and last year, but didn't do so well in some of the previous years. Why? Like you observed, we we have had a relatively good time the last uh, two years with outperformance, but the previous two years, uh, we've had a difficult time with underperformance. There are two broad reasons for this. One is that generally with our investment philosophy of picking stocks, a strong fundamental outlook and holding them for the long term, uh, we have a relatively conservative approach where we are prudent about the way we assess companies. And that tends to mean that when markets are strong, like they were about two, three years back, uh, we tend to lag. Uh, we do grow, but we tend to not keep pace and lag uh, the broader benchmark. Uh, that was driven in part also by the strength of uh, Chinese internet stocks at that point in time. What that also means is that when markets are a little bit more sober or a bit more anxious or a little bit less frothy, that's where we claw back performance and outperform. And that's broadly what has happened this um, one, two years. There are additional changes though. We, although our investment philosophy and approach remain the same, we have made further enhancements to the process. Uh, we have tightened up the way we uh, make decisions on uh, uh, getting into positions and coming out of positions. And therefore, our turnover numbers have uh, increased slightly as well. So um, both of those things contributed to, um, to better performance uh, this one and a half years or so. Are there any other changes that have helped boost your performance, say, for example, in terms of what you've invested in or, or what you've added or, or subtracted? We have shifted the portfolio about two, three years ago, and we have been expanding our exposure into China. They have been broadly going into two types of ideas. Uh, firstly, we initiated Tencent about uh, two years ago. We were wary of the Chinese internet space, but uh, we had seen that uh, these companies have increasingly been diversifying and strengthening their business models. And Tencent, uh, two years back, had developed to the stage where it not only had decent gaming interview, but also decent at revenues, as well as uh, fees from its payment systems. Uh, we also like the fact that the uh, valuations had moderated to a lower level then, and, and we like the way that it had been incubating and developing and then listing its uh, investee companies. So th- that broadly filled uh, the technology story that we liked coming out from China. Uh, the second round of uh, companies that were quite were found very interesting were in the domestic consumer space. So we've also added into stocks like China Resource Land, which does a very good job developing property and managing malls in China. We've also added things like Ping An, uh, which is a very strong life insurance companies, company with a strong financial service offering beyond its life insurance franchise as well. Okay. Now, um, Tencent and companies like that, I mean, they've done really, really well. That said, is there not a risk with adding technology companies at the point you added them, but perhaps you'd missed most of the good performance? Yeah, 
it, it has done well till the time we bought them and it continues to do well. But um, we felt that uh, valuations were a little bit too demanding five, six years back. Uh, they were growing at a higher pace, but they didn't have the diversity in revenue streams that we, we found assurance uh, in about two years back. And valuations were much higher as well. They were trading at least 25, 30 times more expensive on a PE multiples basis. So we think that its position and its um, its position within the Chinese internet ecosystem remains strong and we expect that that market will continue to develop and grow with greater sophistication and Tencent will continue to contribute. You're talking about you added some companies. Did you sell any holdings when you were rebalancing to, to make space for these? Yeah, we took profit from some of our financial exposure in, in Singapore. Uh, we held quite a bit in Singapore banks then. Uh, stocks like OCBC and DBS uh, were very strong franchises. Um, they had been doing very well, generating very resilient cash flow during difficult times. But uh, we thought that with the rally they had at that point in time, they were a good source of funding for our increased Chinese exposure. You've obviously made some some tweaks. So, I mean, how would you describe your investment approach now that you made these changes? And how does it differ to what you were doing before? Okay, the the philosophy and approach remains broadly the same. What we're trying to establish is uh, we're trying to find through hard work and pounding the pavement and meeting companies. We're trying to select stocks that are of good quality. Um, by that, we mean uh, we, we need to be comfortable that the management teams are competent, uh, are properly rewarded for the right decision-making reasons, and have integrity. Secondly, we like business models that are resilient. Thirdly, we like balance sheets that have a solid position, not too much gearing, with enough strength that should there be uh, financial shocks within the system out of their control, they'll be able to weather those shocks well, uh, but also with enough powder dry that they could take advantage of tactical uh, acquisitions or mergers uh, should those opportunities come up. Transparency is important in the companies that we invest in, and we do pay attention to ESG issues. Uh, we that being environmental social governance. That's right. Yeah. I think it gives a more holistic approach to the way we, we evaluate companies because with uh, ESG issues, you do not want to be caught out with uh, liabilities that uh, can pop out if, if they don't do things right. Uh, we don't need perfect companies, but we need companies to be aware of the ESG risks that they face have sensible ways of monitoring and controlling those risks and are committed to improving themselves. And and that's what we look for in a a company. Uh, Five slightly different factors, but they all contribute to what we think are, are adequate quality filters. Okay. I mean, those are quite, you know, it's quite rigorous demands. Do you find many companies that meet all of those criteria? Do you, would you accept a company that perhaps didn't meet all of those criteria? Well, uh, investment is, uh, we, we, there, there, are, there are lots of companies in the Asia Pacific region and, uh, no company is perfect. Uh, not, no portfolio is perfect. We try to be the best that we can be to, to construct that portfolio. But, um, we do pick out what we think are the best in the region. 
in respective strategies that we manage. And there are enough ideas out there. It is a very interesting region. There's a lot of growth. And thankfully, we have a, we have a, a well-resourced team. We have got over 50 managers, eight different locations across the region. So we are, we are well-resourced to, to cover the ground properly. Okay, now you mentioned this um, is the approach you've always taken. How would you say what you do, how has it changed in the last two, three years? Because obviously there have been some changes. I mean, you're still looking for quality companies, but what's different to what you were doing before? Mm, I think uh, two, three things that have changed are that uh, we have had uh, with the Standard Life acquisition, we have had certain tools, uh, risk management tools that we have access to. Uh, they help us take a sense check and look at things from a slightly different lens. It doesn't mean that our portfolio is driven by risk assessment, but it does mean that after you, you've uh, compiled and constructed your portfolio, you can run it through a few tests to see whether uh, there are unintended uh, factors that you should have been aware of. So that's a useful sense check. Um, the other thing that we have done is that uh, we used to be organized by uh, by markets and we have taken a more sectoral approach to organizing ourselves. It's quite useful that way because what happens is that in certain sectors, uh, you can draw lessons from various markets and apply them to different markets as well. So in selected sectors like telecommunications, uh, technology, in banking, you can draw lessons and further insights by looking at things across the region uh, with a sectorial lens instead of a, a specific country lens. Now, the improvement in performance, I mean, was it all down to the changes that you've made to the investment approach or were, were there any other factors, for example, changes in markets, kind of broad factors that influenced it? Yeah, it, changes in markets are, are pretty influential as well. Um, because of our uh, often seen conservative approach or prudent approach in strong uh, rally-driven markets where there's a lot of hot money, uh, we do tend to lag behind. Uh, and that's what happened three, four years back. And in markets which are a little bit more cautious, a little bit more sensible, uh, where there's a little bit of fear at the edges, uh, we tend to, we tend to, to outperform or perform in a more resilient way. So yes, the, the markets have also come in play, of course. Despite the fact performance has been uh, really good, um, last couple of years, Asia Dragon Trust is still trading at a discount to net asset value of about 10 to 11%. Why is this? <laughs> I think it's a, uh, I think broadly speaking, there are two factors that go into this. Uh, one is uh, the performance of the trust. I think it takes some time before people recognize that the trust has turned around performance. Uh, there is a, a lag effect, but I think also that, um, that uh, the, the Asian asset class may not be in favor among investors at this point in time, uh, which is a great opportunity to pick up our stock at, at a discount. But that's a, a mix of supply and demand factors. And um, yeah, the trust has committed though to, mm. um, to, to buy back exercises to reduce the volatility of the discounts. As for the absolute level of discount, it's difficult to control that. It is a matter of supply and demand, but we can try and moderate things so that the volatility of the discount uh, wouldn't be so great. 
Now, you recently changed the trust's name. Um, is that a reflection of the changes to your approach or have you made any other changes um, to the trust, um, hence the reason for the name change? The name change hasn't uh, signaled a difference in approach or investment philosophy. It's to make the trust more self-explanatory that it is investing in, in the Asian region. Rather than uh, Edinburgh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um. I think it, it's... Uh, most of our institutional shareholders would be aware exactly of what we do exactly, mm. but uh, it's to broaden the base uh, of our shareholders so that perhaps the man on the street or the more casual investor uh, would have a greater appreciation for what we're trying to do with the trust. Now, you've also recently appointed a co-manager, Puska Yamfong Fong. What was the reason for this? I mean, have you had, are you expecting anybody to leave the team or retire? Oh, no, no, it's, uh, it's just, uh, Puska has been with the team for over 12 years now. And it's just to, uh, have, uh, added resource to, 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 to fund the fund. Uh, but we do manage the trust as a, as a team. Although, uh, two of us are often rolled out to, to speak. Uh, about the trust and we manage the day-to-day functions. But, you know, uh, we do depend on a team of 50 to provide the research, the analysis, uh, the dialogue that is important for us to pick the best quality companies uh, to tap into a a growing region that is really very exciting. We talked about a lot of positive aspects, but um, about 29% of Asia Dragon Trusts invest in China. So how vulnerable is it to the US-China trade war? Mm. Um, there will, it is impossible to be immune uh, from the US-Chinese trade war and you don't have to be invested in China to be affected by the US-Chinese trade war. So uh, what we have done though is that uh, of our 29% exposure there, uh, many of them are not low-cost um, low cost exporters into the US. So the direct business model is not threatened that way. Many of our ideas feed into the domestic Chinese demand or the intra-regional demand in Asia for these Chinese products and services. we, For example, Tencent is very much driven by the average Chinese consumer. Uh, in the internet space. Uh, China resource land is uh, driven by the demand for homes and for a shopping mall, a good shopping mall experience in the Chinese region. And Auto Home, another name that we've added as well, is a a Chinese internet business that matches uh, buyers and sellers in cars and creates that community and earns uh, fee income from, from doing that well. So, I would say that most of our ideas uh, are very strongly driven by um, demand that should be pretty resilient in the short term, at least, uh, from US-Chinese trade tensions. Okay. Um, And what would you say are the other main risks at the moment to Asia Dragon Trust's investments? Mm, um, There there are pockets of stress across the region. I think the U.S.-Chinese trade war um, does uh, moderate broader growth uh, in China as well as in the U.S., but you can find pockets of growth. But the general tone would be one of caution. There are also stress in the uh, in India, where the banking system remains undercapitalized and where there is some 
housekeeping that needs to be done uh, for some of the weaker financial institutions. But there, like China, uh, we are able to find uh, interesting ideas that will continue to grow in the specific niche that they are in. Uh, we like HDFC, we like Kotak Mahindra Bank, and these are uh, financial institutions that have done well in spite of the stress in the banking environment. They continue to produce mid-teens credit growth at no expense of asset quality or very strong stress on their net interest margins. So you can find exceptions, uh, some quite a few exceptions in the region in spite of this uh, broadly these two headwinds. Okay. And um, have you, in, I mean, obviously in view of the risks outlined, um, have you actually cut or added any holdings to specifically address the risks? We, we look at the risk very much from a bottom-up perspective. So it, it, there are stocks that we have trimmed back on volatility, but it can come from many it can come from many things. We might see a valuation that is not justified where we think that the fundamentals have deteriorated a little bit, but the valuations have held up and we trim those positions down. Uh, likewise, we, we would do the uh, inverse as well, uh, where uh, sometimes a stock is beaten down uh, because its market that it's listed in is soft, uh, but the fundamentals haven't changed much. And that's where we'll be topping up. Uh, a case in point would be, say, for example... Hong Kong, which has a difficult time, but we continue to like AIA very much because it is a regional business, not just a Hong Kong business. And that's where we've been continuing to build or maintain our position. You've obviously mentioned that there are some headwinds in the region. Um, can the Trust's recent good run of outperformance continue despite these headwinds? It's it's always difficult to you you can't guarantee performance, but we we can say that uh, among our uh, list of investments that we have, we see uh, relatively good positions, uh, market positions of the companies that we invest in. They have demonstrated resilience in the uh, earnings growth numbers that they have. The Earnings growth levels have moderated, so it's probably slightly below average over the last five years. But there is decent visibility in these companies and we can find pockets where uh, there is healthy, strong levels of growth in spite the uh, the wider market. Okay, thank you, Adrian. A really helpful update on the changes to Asia Dragon Trust's investment approach and a really interesting insight on the outlook for Asian equities. That brings us to the end of today's interview. But for more on Asian equity funds, see Investors Chronicle or the website at investorschronicle.co.uk. Also see the website for more interviews of managers of Asian equities funds. Thank you for listening.